Are you a fan of vampires? Then check out Vlada a Dracula Tale on Facebook and on Twitter for more information about an exciting new graphic novel coming soon from me and artist Ken Hunt. We take the entire story of Dracula and we gender swap the cast. This is not your traditional graphic novel. It's very akin to the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein that you may have seen or read about. Amazing black and white illustrations and covers by Ken Hunt, as well as by Tim Vigil, Kara Nicole, and many others contributing to this amazing project. Keep an eye on the Vlada A Dracula Tale Facebook and Twitter for more information about the exciting Kickstarter coming late October. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. 
I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Ro Laura. And joining us for this episode, returning to the show from when he was on for an episode of our coverage of the Dracula films, is filmmaker Michael Neal. Hey, what's going on? Nice to talk to you guys again. Michael, Gro, and I have all been in quarantine in 2020, or attempting to try to stay in quarantine and safe and healthy. If you're listening to this broadcast, this sorry recorded interview, in the future... This is during the pandemic of 2020, so hopefully you are safe and sound watching Hammer movies. Does anybody happen to watch MeTV and see what was playing on MeTV last night? No. No. The Curse of Frankenstein, uh, hosted by Sven Gulli. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, that was really cool. I didn't know that until after it aired, unfortunately. I was uh, watching the Deathstroke animated movie that had just came out and then watching Lucifer on Netflix, and then I saw everyone posting about it, and I was like, F me! So I got to find out when it's rebroadcasting on MeTV. I think it's on their website as well, but I'm not entirely sure. But I was, like, kind of surprised. So I was like, damn it, I wish I would known about that. And that's cool that he's still doing, like, new episodes. So and he's like the only person in the in the host segments too. So it's not very hard to do that social distancing wise. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. How has everyone's quarantine been, Michael? What have you been up to? Well, I, uh, my normal film. So I was doing an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's Selfaeus that had to get put on pause indefinitely. We were about two thirds of the way through filming, but that's fine. Um, I have a film in. Uh, about to go into production starring my son Jasper where I'm going to direct and edit and shoot and my wife will do everything else because we're all quarantined together and that's you know kind of makes it easier and um, I've been writing a bunch I actually uh, I wrote the script for the short film I wrote another short that I gave to another filmmaker that I can't mention right now and I went back and did a giant edit on a uh, script that I've been writing for about 10 years off and on it's like uh very brutal tragic body horror um i can't say much more than that but it's um and very psychological cronenberg like uh, i don't know like psychedelic kind of thing so you know doing a lot of stuff i can actually do at home filming is kind of you know mostly off the table for the moment so writing is a good thing i can do it's free and you know it's uh there's no production involved it's just me and a cup of coffee so you know that works ro what have you okay, been up good. to since the last time we recorded the same thing that I'm always doing. Um, <laughs> working my day job a lot. And then also just uh, trying to keep up with my online presence. Though it's kind of gone on the back burner a little bit since my day job suddenly decided to give me like 60 hours a week. Yikes. So not what, yeah, not, not been good, but uh, it's not my preferred job. It's not my fun job. But, you know, the extra money is nice. <laughs> Back in the spring. Yeah, I think we recorded that this year. Did we record Suicide Girls this year? We did, didn't we? I don't know. Uh, Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, Did that ever start? Because I know you were waiting until after the pandemic, I think. And yeah, I know somebody no, else, I... Kyrie Coffin, if you know who Kyrie Coffin is. She yes, just started on. Oh, yeah. She was going to host Goth Girl Horror, but she realized she can't do a podcast. She just doesn't have that uh, kind of you know, ability to do a voice. Yeah. Model and nakedness uh, is different than just being able to talk. So. Oh yeah. Um, 
I was going to, and I actually had set up like a date and everything with a local Suicide Girls photographer, and then I just didn't feel quite comfortable um, shooting during pandemic being in Florida. Like, it'd be different maybe if I was somewhere that wasn't Florida, but I was like, for my safety, for your safety, I'd just rather wait a little bit longer so unfortunately i have not shot for that but But, every day i like want i i'm just dying to do it i uh, cannot wait (laughs) okay so what i don't understand is you have to do it with a suicide girl's actual photographer you can't do it with your own really nice camera and send in some really nice pictures because your online pictures are really good Oh, thanks. I mean, I can do that. And I actually had tried that. The most recent set I've been posting my Instagram, I had attempted to do a set myself, but it didn't really come out the way I had envisioned. And I really, really love the work that the suicide girl photographer who reached out to me, uh, I love his work. So I was interested in shooting with him, oh. but maybe I could rope my husband into uh, shooting because maybe he'll get better. <laughs> he'll be able to get better angles. He's pretty tall, lots of long limbs. He can get better angles than I can. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Right, but then, then of course that's the other question: is like six feet apart. You should be able to shoot six feet apart from each other. Or do you have to get close up? I don't know. I guess it depends on the way that person shoots. Right. I and have then, no idea. And what wouldn't be sexier than like having like like your mouth covered with like a demonic venom mouth mask, <laughs> but you're like completely naked or something. You know what I mean? Like that would be like, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people would find that very appealing. You're like, you're promoting wearing a mask. You're promoting, you know, being safe. But, you know, it's, it, I mean, long, 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 you know, long range lens, you could shoot, you know, pr- pretty well in your backyard. Yeah, I yeah, I, I really really can't wait. Like every couple of days, like especially cuz I post a lot on Reddit, like every couple of days someone tags the Suicide Girls subreddit under my pictures. I'm like, "No, like stop torturing me." <laughs> yeah, it's not, like Kyrie not, just did trying. her Kyrie just did her photo shoot with Suicide Girls. Oh, that's awesome. She's yeah. so pretty. Oh my Ugh. god. I mean, you saw her um Bride of Chucky photos, right? Yes. Oh my God! Doesn't she look just like Tiffany? Yeah, she did a fantastic job. Yeah, and then I I posted a picture of um, Jennifer Tilly sent me a picture of her as Tiffany on the floor with the pentagram trying to resurrect Chucky. <laughs> um, one of the last batches of photos apparently she's doing. She's apparently done with <laughs> conventions and things like that. Like she's kind of retired. Um, so she she sent out one last batch of photos, and I got one of the last ones from her agent, the same person who got me Yancey Butler for the Dead TV podcast. And I posted a picture of like her in that photo, back to back with like uh, Kyrie's picture, and it's just it, they're 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 so similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, awesome. Wow. But we're going to talk about Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, the fifth of the Frankenstein movies. Michael's joining us for this episode. We all watched it. We all had fun watching it, too, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, We will get into all that good stuff. But for now, Bro has the plot synopsis for us. I do. Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed was released May 22nd, 1969 and directed by Terrence Fisher. Our film begins with a night watchman getting decapitated by a masked man while a thief breaks into an underground lab. The masked man enters the lab carrying the severed head and fights the thief who escapes in horror. The mask unman- 
the man unmasks himself and is revealed to be Baron Victor Frankenstein, Peter Cushing. The thief goes to the police station to report the night watchman's murder to Inspector Frisch, Frisk, yeah, Thorley Walters. Frankenstein, under the alias Mr. Fenner, rents a room at a boarding house run by landlady Anna Spengler, Veronica Carlson. Anna's fiancé, Carl Holst, Simon Ward, is a doctor at the asylum where Frankenstein's former assistant, Dr. Frederick Brandt, or Brandt George Pravada, was committed after going insane. After discovering Carl had been stealing narcotics in order to support Anna's ailing mother, Frankenstein reveals his true identity and blackmails Carl into helping them kidnap Brandt so he can get the secret formula of his experiment. When Frankenstein and Carl break into the asylum, they are caught by the guard. Carl panics and stabs the guard, killing him. Frankenstein and Carl kidnap Brandt and take him back to the house where they build a lab in the basement. Carl confides to Anna about the killing or about killing the guard and begs her to leave, fearing she may go to prison for being an accessory to murder, but she refuses. Meanwhile, Brandt has a heart attack, prompting Frankenstein and Carl to kidnap the asylum's administrator, Professor, Professor Richter, Freddie Jones, to transplant Brandt's brain into his body. That night, while Anna is getting ready for bed, Frankenstein enters her room and rapes her. The next day, Frankenstein and Carl succeed in transplanting Brant's brain into Richter's body and bury Brant's body in the garden. Brant's wife, Ella, Maxine Audley, recognizes Frankenstein in the street and confronts him about her husband's kidnapping. Frankenstein assures her that he has cured her husband's insanity, but does not let her see him. She refuses to believe him and goes to frisk. With the police closing in, Frankenstein, Anna, and Carl relocate with Brandt to a deserted manor, where Frankenstein and Carl build a lab in the basement. Frisk, accompanied by Ella, search the house and dig up Brandt's body. Ella's horrified and devastated. Refusing to continue helping Frankenstein, Anna and Carl secretly plan on leaving to report Frankenstein to the police. Anna collects evidence from the lab while Carl saddles up the horses. Frankenstein catches Carl and fights him, knocking him out. Meanwhile, Brandt recovers in the lab and is horrified by his appearance when he looks in a mirror. Anna stabs Brandt out of fear, causing him to escape. Frankenstein returns to the lab to find Brandt gone. Enraged, he stabs Anna to death and goes after Brandt. Carl awakes and finds Anna's body in the lab. Enraged, Carl goes after Frankenstein for revenge. Brandt makes it to his formal former manor house and tells Ella what Frankenstein has done to him but she refuses to believe that he is her husband. Wanting revenge on Frankenstein and knowing the Baron will eventually find him, he allows Ella to go to the police and pours liquid paraffin around the house to set a trap. When Frankenstein soon arrives, Brant sets fire to the house and makes him choose between death and imprisonment. Carl catches up and tries to enter the house but Brant shoots him, causing him to pass out. Frankenstein knocks Brandt out, finds the secret formula for his experiments, and escapes. But Carl recovers and fights him, knocking him out. As Carl's about to kill Frankenstein, Brandt awakes, emerges from the burning house, and beats Carl to death. Brandt carries Frankenstein back inside, where Frankenstein awakes and pleads for his life. But the house begins to collapse, tra- trapping them both in the fire to die. 
Frankenstein must be destroyed like many of the Hammer movies, and probably in that book that I sent you for Christmas has like a thousand and one posters. That's one thing. It, 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 it's like oh, the yeah. comic books of today have a thousand freaking covers. All these movies have like a thousand posters. I'm exaggerating, people. They like a dozen posters per film, probably depending on what the country is. But they're all really exactly. nice. Yeah. Do um, you notice that, Michael? Oh yeah. I mean, I haven't dug into this as much as you guys have, but um, when I looked online to see, ill prepared. No, I found out Sorry. what the one was <laughs> on um, when I searched on Roku, and then the one that actually popped up on Amazon. I think there were three different ones. So. Um, mm. You know, and I love that old style too. You know, Me too. no Photoshop, no nothing. Not they do decent Photoshop ones too, but there's nothing like something that's hand painted or right. know, put together in a collage or something. You know, right, Definitely. right, totally, totally. And of course, I mentioned that as we're on like the eve of uh, a big DC comic event about to happen. Uh, Ro might be familiar with Michael. I'm, I'm, I know you're not a big comic book fan, but uh, you have had a comic book. But I know you're probably not following. Um, current mainstream comic books as much as me um correct no no not really um uh dc is about to release uh batman the three jokers a long 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 running mystery of who the three jokers are um and there are 30 goddamn covers coming out per issue <laughs> wow oh my god i didn't know it was 30 oh my god <laughs> go on ebay you can go on ebay or just google it and you can just see all the freaking covers it's like good lord <laughs> Oh, yeah, but sometimes comic books, like the the 850th issue of Amazing Spider-Man is going to come out. It has 20 covers. (laughs) Oh, my God. Detective Comics, number 1027, which is the 1,000th issue of Detective Comics that Batman has starred in, is going to have 12 covers. (laughs) That is not the 1,000th issue of Batman. But right. yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So we open up with this murder in an alley, and a guy breaks in. Random guy. Who's the random guy? I thought he was gonna be somebody important, but he's not really. He's just some. No. Yeah. Did we have a name for him? Uh, no, I didn't have a name. No, for I don't. Him. I don't think so. Actually, I almost got a little confused between him and all the other white guys with my. With, I like, know, right? Hats and doctors. Right. Right. And, uh, Everyone's a doctor. Actually, my son Jasper watched it with me. And oh no! First, oh no, he was fine. First okay. thing he said was like, "Why are all, all these white people in here and nobody else?" I was like, "Well, that's when they filmed back then. That's what it was." And then he was like, "I don't know which one that is." I was like, "I don't either, buddy. I'm not really sure." So, <laughs> I had that problem a lot in these movies. It's like, I don't know, the British. They all had the same like kind of appearance, uh, especially with all the cop guys. I'm like, they are literally just the same. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's super confusing. If I didn't know Michael for the 10 years that I've known him, which it has been like 10 years, because you came on originally around 2000, in the year of 2010, I think just a few months prior to um, my movie event for the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ugh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, either shows I really liked you or I really hated you and had you suffer through a terrible effing remake. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It was my own choice, so. But if I didn't know you, then it would have been like, if I didn't know you that well, then 10 years later, and like I have you return to the Hammer show for probably the most controversial of the Hammer movies, 
uh, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, Chris, what is wrong with you? You just had me back on for like one of the worst scenes ever. Um, yeah. The burglar, as he is called, is played by Harold Goodwin. So I do, I did, he does have a name. All the extras actually have oh, credits, okay. which is great. So, and okay. uh, he passed away in 2004 at the age of 86 years old. His last foot, no joke, but his last film was Window Cleaner and One Foot in the Grave. Hmm. <laughs> wow. All right. But he had also been in Monster of Terror, uh, Quartermass in the Pit, uh, and The Bridge on the River Kwai. No kidding. Yeah. Hmm. The Adventures of Black Beauty, part of Disney's like long-running Black Beauty films. Um, I, I thought it said RoboCop out here for a second, but no, it said Red Cap. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that movie was in the 1980s, so he could have been in that. He was, he's in The Mummy. He plays Pat in The Mummy. So he's going to be in another Hammer film that we're going to watch coming up oh. at some point, Rob. Oh, cool. Yes. The uh, Mummy films are definitely different than the Mummy films that we're used to with uh, Boris Karloff or Brendan Fraser or the one standing <laughs> film with uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, the mummy films go from being like really cool and like there's always a guy wrapped in bandages to like here are the most beautiful sets of breasts in a hammer movie and we're gonna show you every chance we get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've gotten from the trailers of those uh, mummy movies uh, because Lee stars in the first one. The next two star. Uh, that actress I sent you the photo of Roe on Skype who you can buy photos oh, of yes. she was a Bond girl actually yes. as well so she's in the other two Hammer uh, mummy films so um, and then we swing around to the laboratory of uh, of the of uh, that the uh, burglar is breaking into and the first thing I say to myself is frozen Peter Capaldi <laughs> I know right <laughs> Everyone else yeah. got that, right? That looks like Peter Capaldi. Yes. Yeah, he totally does. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, is that Professor Henry Jared from House of Wax? The fake mask that P that uh, Peter Cushing wears disguising him oh, himself yes. looks like Henry Jared played by Vincent Price in House of Wax. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, totally. I was so confused at first as I was like, why is the mouth not moving? What is this? I was like, this is terrible. And they're like, oh, oh, it's intentional. So this is like a literal mask. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a little strange, and I was like, so is this an Igor kind of character? Is he off stealing yeah. stuff for... Oh, no, wait, it's just him. So. It's just him. Yeah. It's just our friendly neighborhood doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein gets a room at an inn, and there is some madness going on in the asylum. Now, we are led to believe that this character in the asylum is from a previous film. Ro, what film was he in? Because I don't quite remember. Was He, the, he wasn't in the I last one. I don't think so. I mean, he's not Hans, and all we've had is Hans, right? Like, right. unless I'm not remembering from like the first one. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I this is um, this is the this is the guy who will become the creature or the body. Well, the brain yeah. goes into another guy. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 all very confusing. Uh, but <laughs> th this guy's supposedly in another movie, and I'm like, what? Really? Where? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little strange. I mean, I haven't seen the other Frankenstein movies, or if I have, it was a long time ago, and or and don't remember them. But I just assumed it was some other story that got filled in. Yeah. You know, but apparently, apparently not. No, no, you're just as lost as the two of us, and we've been we've been enjoying actually these these films. These Frankenstein movies are compelling. I don't say everything about them is great. I mean, come on, you just you're. It's like it's like watching. Uh, any of the modern superhero movies, which are the biggest tentpoles of Hollywood today, and saying, you know, there are things in this movie that are really great if the movie overall is not that great. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. 
This poor woman in the asylum has a problem with spiders, and that is why she is screaming so much. Uh, but I, I believe she is a mad woman played by Colette O'Neill, and uh, <clears throat> um, not a lot that she'd been in that I recognized, um, other than um, not a lot that she'd been in that I recognized. But her career definitely has a uh, quite a length to it. Um, she oh, was in a miniseries cool. of the Wars of the Rose. But, uh, and just, you know, one kind of miniseries after another playing bit parts and actually still alive today, uh, screaming in the huh. asylum about spiders. Wow. <laughs> the women yeah. in the asylum. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, so yeah, just like that whole part, Mike, damn. We haven't really gotten that much further in terms of mental health care. <laughs> like, yeah. it just makes me sad. <laughs> Over on my podcast, Supernatural Creatures and Lore, Mel Heflin and I discussed in length, in detail, and explicitly made the warnings clear to everybody what we were going to talk about uh, before anyone listened. Because I've had some people say, I flew into this with my daughter, and I was aghast to shame by what you were talking about. We had to go into a lot of detail about what happened to patients in the mental uh, health society of the asylums back in the wheel days of Victorian London, especially women. And a lot of the devices yeah. used to curb mental illness are a lot of times found in adult material these days. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Which I was like, I was completely shocked about to learn. Um, it is funny that Frankenstein overhears the men talking about experiments and he kind of gives them a... Uh, you know, like a really like what? What are you talking about? Well, you sound like morons. <laughs> I know better than you. Oh, I, I love that. I was like, oh, good. My my uh, like sassy, mean Frankenstein is back, as opposed from the last movie when he was just kind of not like nothing. He, he's not even he goes, in the movie. Stupidity, <laughs> yeah. Stupidity always brings out the worst in me. I was like, oh man, that's brilliant. I'm so oh, glad yeah, he he's was... got his quips back. He was awesome, and I love that whole scene because it just stays on him, his reactions for so much of it, and he's he's so good when he doesn't have to say anything. I mean, he's great no matter what he does, but I thought it was great, and Jasper was watching him. He totally got it. He was he thought it was great. He was laughing. They all oh, this is so good, you know. So it's uh, it was it was awesome. I, I love I love that kind of stuff where the audience knows more than the, the characters do, you know. Yeah. That quick wit of his was is absolutely uh, superb. It, it's it's amazing to see him that way. Uh, yeah. That whole that whole scene devel or devolves into such a British argument because they're not <laughs> they're like not particularly loud or fighting, but they're all very sassy with each other, very British. <laughs> oh, Excuse yeah. me, good sir, what did you say to me? You offended my it. honor. You could also <laughs> uh, one of our main characters in the movie who plays Carl, another Carl in the Frankenstein or Hammer films, played by Simon Ward. Uh, he's got a couple films that you could definitely show to Jasper that I that uh, you might have seen yourself. Did you ever grow up watching the Three Musketeers films by the uh, the Salkinds, Michael? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He, uh, he was in uh, he was the Duke of Buckingham in the Three Musketeers and the. Uh, slightly rip off. I don't want to pay my actors who will just use our archive footage to make another movie for Musketeers. No kidding. Yeah, so cool. And he was um Kara Zorel's father in Supergirl. Oh, wow. cool. Yeah, I believe we've also talked about him before, Row, in uh, other uh, Hammer movies. Um, I think he was in. Da 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 da. No, we haven't. I thought oh. we had. 
He looked familiar. I, yeah, maybe it's just that he has a kind of uh, look to him with his his flippy hair. Right. I, I swear to God, I thought he was. Um, I, I swear to you, I thought he was the uh, the devil worshiper uh, who pours the the fake blood all over oh. Carol Monroe's gorgeous chest in Frank uh, Dracula, nineteen seventy two A.D. Hmm. Yeah. I had my actress completely messed up. But I also thought he looks like, what's his name from um, the Doctor Who spinoff show, uh, 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 Torchwood, who was also in Batman The Dark Knight uh, Rises? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, he's got that kind of look to him, too. So we meet Anna, and it's one of, I don't understand, why do we have two characters with the same name in the movie? Yeah, that's kind of confusing. It, it made me go back there and, and then like go oh uh oh it's Anna or Ella because it sounds like yes, they're calling the Anna other woman Ella. okay but it sounds like they're calling the older woman who's the wife of our creature Ella yeah that one's Ella and the young girl is Anna right the blonde is Anna correct yeah. but doesn't it you did am I the only one who thought they heard the older woman called Anna yeah, I was a little confused, especially because all the women also kind of look the same. I mean, their hair, their hair color is different, but, you know, they're all like, you know, for the most of them, you know, wearing low cut dresses and, you know, like super curly hair and stuff. And um, I have a hard time keeping people, to, you know, separate in movies anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I, I had some confusion, too, Chris. This is uh, Veronica Carlson, who we met in Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, and now this is her first Frankenstein movie. Um, hmm. She was then she would play a different character in the next movie we're going to watch, uh, Roe. But this is the beautiful oh. Veronica Carlson, who is still with us today, and just appeared in a movie uh, in, well, it's in pre-production, so it's actually, uh, I guess they're... They're in the middle of trying to get it done, called The Rectory. It's about a discredited paranormal investigator uh, who takes... Uh, experiment takes a year-long experiment in a haunted house in England. Again, it's currently in pre-production, but it's a remake of an older movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Veronica Carlson in every film that she's in is just insanely beautiful. I thought that she actually did a really good job um, acting in this film, too. Like, uh, the one moment a bit later on when she <laughs> has to move uh i think it's brant's body um from the sprinkler system or whatever yeah. oh, and yeah. she she screams at that one lady to just leave her alone i just felt like she did such a good job i was like man i totally believe her right now instead of like a half-ass kind of everyone attempting to be uh like old like in the era it like when that takes precedence over their acting that they're trying to be more like period but she just does a good job like i think actually a lot of the acting in this one is pretty good especially in comparison to a lot of the other frankenstein films peter cushing obviously notwithstanding because he's great in everything all the time <laughs> i was yeah, trying that, to do some good well, go ahead oh, i was gonna say that's a good note about her you know having to you know, doing a good job screaming and dragging away the body that that really stood out to me like a lot of times in these movies there aren't necessarily that many moments of true horror like mm -hmm. you know that really kind of made my skin crawl a bit i thought that was very very effective you know um so Definitely. frankenstein blackmails his way into their lives without revealing his identity what's the uh, secret identity that he gives them dr fenner dr fenner okay 
Um, I was trying to look up Victorian pharmacies, like Victorian London ancient pharmacies. I, I keep finding a Victorian London pharmacy TV series, which is a historical mm-hmm. documentary TV series, but nothing about mm. Victorian London pharmacies. Like, when was the first pharmacy? Apparently, it was sometime in the 19th century. Hmm. Yeah, we have one in my, in, literally in my town, which uh, I'm not really going to name, but we have... We have an old pharmacy here. We have one from, I think it's from the 1800s. Wow. That's yeah. crazy wow. old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my town was is known to be very old. <laughs> but yeah, we have, it's just like in the middle. It's literally in the middle of town. It's just like this little tiny building made of wood. And you can go in and look at all the stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been there for a really long time. I think it's still there. But I haven't been anywhere in months, so I can't tell you if it is or not. But <laughs> yeah, it's like I think it's from the 1800s. Mm, cool. The uh, the blue dress that she wears in the scene uh, is just absolutely fetching. We don't need the massive amount of cleavage like we get in the beginning or later on, but that dress just forms to her perfectly, and just it shows her as one of the hammer glamour women of uh of the uh the franchise yeah oh, she yeah. has a lot of pretty good outfits in this movie frankenstein does something to carl which we decided to try and make an entire movie out of or a short parody trailer which got co-opted by covid19 <laughs> <laughs> So when we finally finish the slap of Dracula, we will follow it up with the slap of Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with with, yeah, with Frankenstein. People just mouthing off to Dr. Frankenstein. and be like, you cannot take out this dead body and do what your experiment, sir. And he's just like, slap. Frankenstein will have no lines in the trailer. He will just slap people who try to tell him how you can't do that to science. <laughs> <laughs> The wife tries to visit his her husband in the loony bin. This is the uh, where we were getting the confusion with the names. This is Maxine Audley, uh, who I was not familiar with whatsoever, unless I had seen her in something previously. Um, she is unfortunately passed away in 1992, but uh, another one of those bit part actors that just kind of like did like everything, going back to the uh, mid 1940s. So she had a long wow. distinguished career. Um, I'm trying to see if she did anything else in the Hammer movies that we have missed, maybe like in a movie that we had already covered, but it does not appear to be so. But she's another one of those actresses who was in the uh, Adventures of Black Beauty, which is a Disney production of a <laughs> black horse. So don't anything more about uh, beyond that. So hmm, strange. Hmm. Mel, do you, uh, uh, Ro, do you want to go on to the next note? Yeah, I also have that, uh, <laughs> um, oh, did we, I wanted to touch on, did we point out how, uh, Frankenstein, um, blackmails them into working for him? Like, uh, he, he would basically, he says that Carl would, uh, yeah, Carl would go to jail for like 20 years. She'll go to jail for like 10 years yeah. as his accomplice. Yeah. Cause yes. Cause they're drug traffickers for, um, <laughs> taking drugs to help um anna's old mom correct that's that's just literally it and then he's like look i'm just gonna i'll fuck you over like i'm totally gonna fuck you over he's so mean in this movie and i think it's pretty funny (laughs) yeah agreed the cops in this movie are as useless as the cops uh living around camp crystal lake (laughs) 
Oh my god, that's so funny. That was my next note. I have god, <laughs> these coughs are dumb fucks. <laughs> yeah, they really are. The Keystone cops could solve this quicker than they could. <laughs> What's with Carl's lab coat, by the way? It's like a trench coat. It's like a very modern style trench coat, too. And this, I know. When, when is this taking I, place? Like, it's still that time period that we've always discussed. That's like 1890 yeah, like, to 1900. Right. And I thought the same thing. I actually think Carl is just kind of, he looks so out of place. And it's not like, maybe it's not his fault. But he totally reminds me of some dude from like 2010 with the swoopy hair and the constantly looking directly into the camera with his puppy eyes and his outfits. I'm like, bro, what what are you doing? How did you do this? This wasn't even filmed. Obviously, this was filmed in like, what did I say? Like the 60s? Yeah, yeah 69. 68 probably. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you do this? How do you have fuckboy hair in 1969? <laughs> Okay, I am completely uneducated, and Michael, I don't know if you know what that means, but Ro, what is fuckboy for our audience? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, just, uh, I don't know how to say it, like a a casual sex guy, a man who uses women only for sex, or vice versa, like not, they have a aesthetic, usually. Hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. That. All right. <laughs> that was education for me. Um, our uh, our um, our guy, our our um, patient, the uh, the doc, you know, the guy who's in the the mental ward, uh, played by George Pravada, uh, passed away in 1985, was in Thunderball, so a crossover between the Hammer movies and the um, the Bond films. But he was also on uh, uh, he was also in Dial M for Murder, the TV series, which I didn't know there was a TV huh. series. And he was in cool. uh, 11 episodes of Doctor Who. Oh, hmm. nice. Um, let's see. Oh, so he's about to inject the spider woman. That's what we'll just call her. Uh, with the the uh, syringe, and the uh the the other doctor comes bursting in, saying, you know, I, I, I can't allow this, and so on and so forth. And my only thought to say to agree with him, I'm assuming this is Doctor Heidek. Did did anyone catch this guy's name? No. Uh no. Okay. I there was, were a lot of doctors. I have, I have a hard time keeping them. Oh straight, my god! So it was just it too was many characters. Doctor. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct, yeah. Michael. Um, but my only thought is, um, alcohol swab, Cl- clean the skin. No, just yeah. That's <laughs> just going to stick it in. I thought that through this whole movie, and I don't know if it's because COVID has truly corrupted my my thought process on germs more than usual. But even like later when they start to uh, do the brain transplant, I'm like, holy shit, you don't even have gloves on? What the fuck, dude? Yeah. At least wear gloves. You're touching his brain for fuck's sake. Wear gloves. <laughs> That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> so Frank and the pharmacist break in, steal the keys. Uh, the girl starts screaming again, and they uh, alert the dogs as they steal uh the body and the police are basically once again useless um frankenstein basically is talking about turning sanity insanity around he wants um to like restore someone's sanity and uh i i i I think this is something that like psychologists and doctors are still fighting with to this very day uh yes i guess so but not in the way that he wants to go about it i 
No. I hope. <laughs> Although, based on history, I would not doubt that some people would still want to go about it this way. Oh, yeah. There's always at least there's always one out there who's willing to, you know, thinks they're right in the name of science and do bizarre, <laughs> twisted, horrible things, you know. Yeah, I I also just, it's so strange. The whole idea, when he said he was going to cure his ans- insanity, I literally burst out laughing. It's like, excuse the fuck out of me? You're going to what? Right, right. And this idea that it's like, you know, pressure from his head or some, yeah. you know, something like I something mean, you could just fix. Yeah, that was, I mean, that it, was pretty ridiculous. It makes sense for the time period. Like, I can totally see them believing that and thinking that way and I totally appreciate that and I think that's pretty cool but it's also absolutely ludicrous <laughs> yeah without a doubt there was an actor in this movie I didn't even realize uh, was uh, went on to become a huge mainstream actor in his own regard uh, he plays uh, Professor Richter uh, it's Freddie Jones really? yeah as in oh. from Kroll, the Hound of Monte Cristo, the Elephant Man, Dune, yeah, yeah. and a lot of people know him as Arnim Zola in the Captain America films. Oh, wow. 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 No kidding. How did I miss him? Because I, I saw that name pop up and I was like, that looks familiar. But a lot of times in these older films, it's like the actors are old enough that it's easy to see someone and get confused, you know, or think it's somebody different. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. And his career goes back to 1960. I had, I, I completely forgot and maybe I missed it, but he passed away in 2019. What? Huh. Wow. He was 91 years old. Wow. Hmm. No kidding. Wow. That's a long way or a long life. Oh yeah. Yeah. No shit. There he is. No kidding. Wait oh, a minute. Yeah. I don't have the right actor. I'm thinking of somebody else. Or is IMDb wrong? I'm really confused now. <laughs> no, I have him. I was just on IMDb now. It looks like it's really him. Sort of. But the guy in the video is a completely different actor than the one that's in the other video. This isn't the actor that was in Captain America. Hmm. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm looking through the IMDb now. Captain America came out in 2009, 2010. I don't see it on here. Oh, no, it isn't. I know, I know who you're talking about. That's a different guy. Okay. Um, okay. He looks very much like him, though. Right. Yeah, okay. All right. Like Phew. I was going to say. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the cast list on the – we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 35 people in this movie – and most of them are primary characters. Yeah. No wonder I couldn't keep anybody straight. Holy guacamole. <laughs> That's crazy. Terrence Fisher must have been, like, the greatest director, unknown director of all time. Yeah. I mean, he came back for this movie. I think oh. he's, this is one of his favorite movies that he got to work on with Hammer, other than, um, I think, the horror of Dracula. The rumors are true because they're, um, ah, let me start over. So in interviews, because Peter's dead, but Veronica has been interviewed plenty of times about this whole film. Um, they were done filming and the studio watched it and said, no, we need something more. So why don't you rape her? 
And that was like not something Peter Cushing wanted to do. Veronica didn't want to do it. They don't blame Terrence, thankfully, for doing it because it was Hammer who was like, we need something more. We know he's a voyeur and a murderer, but hey, let's make him a rapist too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I, that scene is so incredibly pointless and adds nothing. No! Like, he has the whole, like, are they trying, I get it, they're trying to point out that Frankenstein is a bad man, but we get that from the first half of the movie, and you know, the previous four films, that he's a bad person. He's, all he does through this whole movie is gaslight the shit out of Carl. He gaslights yeah. him, he kills people, he does not care, he's an asshole. You don't need to throw rape in there to make him look like more of an asshole. Like, it just, it meant nothing. Oh, God, it was so stupid. My notes are like, bro, what the fuck? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty pointless. Yeah. I had read that um, they, the producers wanted that scene to be, like, really bad. Like, they wanted him to rip her shirt open from the front and, like, show her exposed like tits and everything and like choke her out and like be really really bad and peter cushing and veronica were like absolutely not they're like we will do the scene because we have to but we are going to talk it through the both of us and we're going to do what we're comfortable with because this is shit and i think i read that after they finished doing that scene they literally sat there and just like held each other for a minute just because they were both trembling after after filming that and then uh uh, they like got up and they left they're like okay well we're done (laughs) yeah it's completely pointless it's like he shoos her away just to be like i'm gonna go rape her later it just it makes no sense whatsoever at all um, it has no tie-in to the rest of the movie no it it means nothing it doesn't i I'm not, like, against rape scenes. I think it's important to depict the horribleness that people can be. And I think there's a time and a place for rape scenes in film. This is not one of them. This was just horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty stupid. Have either one of you seen the TV series uh, that just ended that was on sci-fi called The Magicians? It's now on Netflix? No. Nope. Okay, so uh, five seasons, great show. Really, like, delves deep into, like, magic, like, lore stuff. You know what I mean? Very much a thinker person's show. Great special effects, great cast. I'm in love with one of the women on the show. Um, (laughs) uh, Every time I watch it with a friend, we watch it on a Netflix party every week. I'm just like, that's my girl. I'm going to find her. I'm going to marry her. She's just so beautiful. (laughs) Um, And there is – so there's a character on the show who – so it's about, about people who test out to get into magic school. It's basically Harry Potter for a adults that's what a lot of people cover call it because that's what it is okay. you got to be an adult in order to get in the show you can't be a kid um there is like gay characters there's drugs there's alcohol they, they cover everything on the show main five characters they're all sorts of different types of people made the show very appealing um there is one scene where the main character's best friend who didn't get into magic school because she's got like darkness inside her decides to hook up with the bad magicians the bad magicians are all about worshiping some type of like chaos demon the chaos demon shows up at the end of season one and rapes her and it's like a matter of like this is what happens when you get involved with the bad people and then the demon shows up and the first thing the demon wants to do is eat and have sex and if you're not compelling (laughs) to it he's gonna rape you and that's what happens to her and it's on tv it is graphic too this show was on at 10 o'clock at night that's what i found out 
And I'm like, then I'm watching this scene and I'm like reminded of that going, God, that didn't make any sense. But the demon showing up out of hell, the first thing he wants to do is eat and fuck makes a little bit more sense. It's disgusting and disturbing, but that still made more sense than whatever Hammer just did or did yeah, 40 exactly. years yeah. ago. So I'm not saying that it's a good scene. I went online and started researching magician rape scene. Oh, yep. Yeah, whole internet blew up about it. Actress was totally fine doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. She was like, no, it's oh. part of the plot line. It's totally fine. And, and nothing happened or whatever. It's also panned away, too, a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. It's kind of like on Game right. of Thrones. What happened to, uh, I almost said Lannister, but no. Um, Cersei is an evil person. Uh, uh, the Stark sister. What's her name? Yes. Um, Sansa. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Sansa Stark's wedding night. Um, yes. And the actress was on social media the next day after it aired. It was just like, I'm fine, people. Nothing happened. Did you even see <laughs> it, it happen? Was, we didn't film yeah, anything. The camera pans was, away, and then I'm in the ADR booth going, ah, ah. Yeah. And she's like, get over it. Dude, she was the really. Of people that have trouble discerning fiction from reality. It's like, guys, it's called acting. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. Alan Rickman isn't actually, you know, Hans Gruber. You don't have to run away from them on the street you know stuff like that right but she was very like nonchalantly dismissive of the fans about it or whatever yeah and saying it's a terrible thing that happens in real life but also we didn't film anything i mean my dress right. is ripped open and then we pan away to my cousin's reaction having to be forced to watch it and then you know that that's it you know what i mean and she was like really right. like fans were really against her be like how dare you make it like a you know not be for our cause against it or something. And it's like, I, I was just yeah, like, I'm I on the actress's side about this. We go back to the scene of the police discussing stuff. Nothing happens. That's where I actually wrote in my joke about Crystal Lake. Um, <laughs> they get the body and they start seesawing through the brain with the brain, with the, uh, is that the, is that the head scalp uh, saw? Um, I think it's just a saw. Right. Yeah. Every five minutes, they keep switching to Anna, and she's, like, looking out the window, and she's looking at stuff. Is she uh, composing herself over what happened, or is this a completely different night? I they just wanted to fill scenes of uh, Veronica Carlson looking beautiful. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, probably. The police show up, and they say, we want to investigate something. Carl is painting, but they won't tell him what they're investigating. There's no, like, warrant or anything like that to search the premises. But can the police do that even back then? Just be like, we don't have to tell you what we're searching for. We're just going to do it anyway. I, I don't know. No idea. I mean, yeah. And so Probably. The idea that, was the idea that Carl is blocking the um, the doorknob by standing there so they don't go down to the secret, the, like, the secret steps? I cause... feel like it. I felt like that was intentional on his part. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely. And even says, like, you know, he's a better, you know, he's a better doctor than painter or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, but. The rape scene was really bad, but the scene with the needle going into the head, that made me really cringe. Oh, oh yeah. So, that, I, yeah, that whole brain <laughs> transplant thing I thought was really well done. Uh, especially with panning away yeah. from the. The 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 um the cutting and you hear it and it's just this gross like crunchy slightly wet sound I thought that was just yeah that was great you know the stuff's always so I much have... more effective oh yeah I have what a crude way to cut into this man's brain <laughs> on my notes oh yeah <laughs> does anyone are either one of you fans of South Park 
Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all have twisted, fucked up sense of humor, so that's good. <laughs> where I'm about to go with this. There's an episode where the police constantly keep describing um, a necrophilia's uh, uh, having sex with someone's like empty eye socket or something like that, yeah. and it's like it's <laughs> yeah. like stucking your hand into a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> reminded of that thinking of them drilling and then sticking the needle in the brain i'm like this reminds me of that episode of south park <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and i i love that old school like you know phrenology kind of thing where he says oh this is the brain pressure as though the other he said it's through the skull which makes me wonder if you take it out of the other skull and then put it in is the pressure still there but apparently it is still there because he has to drill in and relieve it with a giant needle which don't get me wrong was probably the coolest part of the movie but you know, I love the like rock solid science, you know, of what they're what they're doing. They've moved a long way from using electricity, you know, to reanimate the dead. It's, you know, right. Brain transplants and big needles and drills and yeah. stuff. So I was surprised that he didn't just give him an autopsy to be I mean, an autopsy, um, a lobotomy, to be honest. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Definitely. Um, and then we get a uh, the next title for the next parody trailer we're going to make together, Michael, when this whole thing is finally over. Geyser of the Dead. <laughs> yeah right I'm like I, I looked online there is no movie called Geyser of the Dead I'm like why hasn't anyone oh. made a movie where like a bunch of zombies wow. were buried below um, I don't know Jellystone National Park or whatever and the geyser erupts or whatever it's just fucking dead zombie bodies come up from the geyser yeah there you go Anna's overreaction to that woman and then the wo- what the woman says to her is the most baffling thing in the world Oh, I know. You'll, uh, I'll help you again. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. That was the scene I was talking about earlier when she says like, "Leave me alone," and she's like all fucked up, and then he's like, "I'll help you again." I'm like, "What? What? Wait, what? <laughs> Does that mean you won't help her again? What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Oh. Um, very confusing. She, yeah. She's a uh, credited, uncredited, but she's uh, I this is gonna be somebody on IMDb who did their fucking research because she's not credited in the movie, but she's credited on IMDb, uncredited as Lady in the Garden. So I'm assuming it's her. Um, <laughs> but uh, she was on Doctor so. Who as well, and uh, she was also on uh, KYTV and The Children of Grey Now. Cousin Phillips, uh, one of those character actors, has a long career. Nothing I've seen other than uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed, it seems. Huh. Yeah. So so was the idea that they somehow ruptured a water main when they were burying the body, or did it just happen to explode at the very spot that they buried the body? I'm going to say a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. That was yeah. my kind of, that was my inclination. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's a, It's like a, you know, like rear window kind of situation, you know, where you're trying right. to hide everything. But, um, yeah, that, I didn't really see it coming. I liked the hand flopping yeah. around in the water. That was great. That yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I hate when my dead bodies wash up. God damn. <laughs> right. Get them nice and clean, though. So. Yeah. No pun intended for current events, but a lot of dead bodies where you live in Florida, uh, Ro? I mean. That you. I uh, sorry. Know. All right. Let me rephrase that because it does really. It just sounds really bad considering the context <laughs> of the planet that we're in right now. Um, any dead bodies in your backyard that might erupt from the ground that you might have caused, Ro? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are two hurricanes on track for Florida, Holy so maybe shit. soon. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry to hear that. You know what you need to do? You need to hunker down in the basement with your with your animals. I, don't, I forget if you have any pets. Your husband. And watch um, Crawl. Have you seen Crawl, Michael? Oh, I loved it. Oh, God. It great. Fucking awesome yeah. movie, isn't it? God damn, that movie was great. <laughs> 
Here's that the thing about by, uh... no. Sorry, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, so here's the thing about Florida is that we don't have basements. You get like two feet of digging and then you hit water. So oh, I mean that's, this is why my bodies keep washing up. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. Um, yeah, it was written by two guys from around here, Chris. Um, the <gasps> Rasmussen brothers. Oh, my God. Um, Do you know them? Yeah. I don't know them personally. Oh. I know. I mean, they're in the same circle as as all of us. Um, it, they were they were active during the time where Greg and I were animating Infinite Santa 8000 and basically not leaving the house, like e- either <laughs> of our houses or the studio for about three or four years. So um, I missed their kind of introduction to the film scene. But I know people that know them. Supposed to be great guys. It's awesome to see them break out, you know, out of... Uh, out of here and yeah it was aja andre aja directed yeah always, sam so, raimi is uh, one of my favorites yeah sam that's uh that's uh he's works that's because that's a sam raimi film right that was ghost house productions yep. yeah okay cool yep um so anna's husband shows up looking for him and frankenstein takes her to see the mummy um that seems to be a common thing to wrap up the frankenstein monster and bandages where does that come from do, do, does anyone do any one of us have any kind of medical knowledge or horror film medical knowledge to know the whole process of wrapping the body up like a mummy and not for mummification? Is that something that happened in the original Mary Shelley um, story? It, it did. Uh, the bride and the creature. The 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 first, the Karloff and uh, the bride, yes. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Yeah, so, medically, I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's expected in the film at this point. You know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more for dramatic effect. Like, you unwrap the face. You're like, oh, my God, look at him. Every single time in all of the films, because they all look different every time they're unwrapped. Um, So I think it's more for dramatic effect. The only time I can really think of, like, in a medical setting of wrapping your face is if you actually had, like, some kind of invasive plastic surgery and they needed to keep your face together. But that's really all I can think of. And all I keep yeah, finding like, is like autopsies, the dead, mummification. I'm yeah. not finding a lot of stuff about why they do this. I mean, again, besides it just being Hollywood. Yeah. Or British yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I think I've, I don't know if I talked about this. I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this probably in the last episode, the Frankenstein created woman uh, row. Uh, my version of Frankenstein, where it was supposed to be like a mini series on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael, have you ever heard of this? No. Three years ago, Michael, me and a group of people were going to make a Frankenstein 10-minute short black and white silent film rock opera miniseries. Cool. Every episode was going to be 10 minutes long, part of an overall like narration, kind of like a serial. And it was going to be Frankenstein gender swapped. We were going to do like female Frankenstein, but there was going to be like homages to the novel and stuff. Being like, "Oh, my grandfather tried this. Well, I'm going to try it now with a woman. That, that will work much better than with a man." Not correct. Uh, <laughs> monster still a monster goes crazy. Um, and everything was ready, set to film in like two weeks, and then the directors just left the project. Uh, and I didn't bummer. know. I I was left like, "What the fuck do I do?" Yeah. Well happens yeah it sucks but it does happen yeah um our creature was going to be played by capri cafaro i think her last name is do you know who that is Mm -mm. if you're familiar with the trinity skip shay's movie her husband did the music for that movie oh no kidding i love trinity that's awesome yep uh steve cafaro is in the duende project who's the band that plays in the movie with tony Mm -hmm. brown 
Uh, so Frankenstein um, patches everything up. Anna investigates an empty lab after Frankenstein says that she is going to continue taking care of her husband. And basically the police show up and it just it looks like the Keystone cops all over again. Frankenstein, Anna, and Carl have all left for new um, surroundings in a new laboratory. And this is where I think, Ro, your comment about Anna's moving and her acting come in. Uh, yeah, there too. Like she, I think she just is good, kind of overall. The creature, but yeah, certainly at that point as well. We're at the ten minute mark, ending the movie, ten or fifteen minutes, and now we finally get the creature. Holy cow! Yeah, I noticed that. Definitely late to the late to the party, you know. Right, but these movies are never about the creature. It's always about the Frankenstein doctor himself. Yeah, that's true. Have you seen any of the pre other Frankenstein movies, including the first one with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, the uh, the Curse of Frankenstein, Michael? I've seen the Curse of Frankenstein. I guess I'll have to take your word on that last comment I made about agreeing with you. But um, now I know I've at least seen that one, and like I said, I think I've seen another another couple from when I was when I was a kid. A lot of these bored, you know, blur together with me, you know, or blend together for me. Excuse me, mm. you know, from when I was probably ten or twelve or whenever whenever they were out there probably watched them with my dad is my guess but you know <laughs> some some things i remember from then some things not as much i mostly remember a lot of the long wide theatrical shots which um actually my son responded to he said this is kind of boring and i was like <laughs> yeah i mean kind of but he what he was saying was that the dialogue scenes are very staged you know like they always oh, are yeah. in these movies you know absolutely yeah my son had the same exact words for when I tried to show him uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And rewatching <laughs> it with him, I was like, yeah, this is I, – I am looking at this with some glass eyes because this is kind of boring in a lot of parts. <laughs> but yeah. look, a giant, yeah. a giant octopus. You like Godzilla? Here's the giant octopus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they were made to be shown on a big screen. And, you know, the oh, yeah. you know, styles haven't really changed. You know, this Easy Rider and all that stuff, you know, I hadn't really – none of that stuff had really become – you know, it's mainstream, you know, changing filmmaking and everything. So, yeah, you can tell it's definitely of a different era, you know, any of these films. The creature wakes up. Now, this is a different character, uh, sorry, actor playing the creature. Yes, this is the, uh, who is this? Who's the guy originally? Is it, um, is it Fis Frisk? Or uh, Brant. Brant, Brant, because Ella's last yeah. name yeah. is Brant. So that's played by Brant. the actor yeah. we said, George Pravada. Yes, yeah. Um, our bubbling chief of police, by the way, we haven't mentioned, is also a Doctor Who actor. Can't imagine how those two cross over, <laughs> but he's also a Bond actor. He was in the very oh. first Bond movie, which is not part of the Bond canon, Casino Royale. He played Q in that film. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Just for anyone listening, this is not the movie starring Daniel Craig. <laughs> this is the 1950s uh, Casino Royale, which was kind of like a parody of James Bond. Have you ever seen that, Michael? Oh, yeah. It's weird. It's really weird. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's strange. <laughs> That's about all I can say. So. Um, and he was in something called The Age of Kings, which I remember watching when I was a child in, like, elementary school when they were trying to teach us history stuff, but I don't remember much about it. Wait uh, a second. How many Casino Royales were there? Two. There's 1967. Oh, oh it's from... Wait. Really? It was from 19... I thought that was made in the 1950s. Maybe there's three. Yeah. Because I was thinking of the 67, which has, like, you know, Woody Allen and, like, 
Peter Sellers and Orson Welles and all this, you know, crazy shit like right. William Holden. Right, right. And and IMDb lists this as 1967, but at that point we were already like three or four Bond movies into Sean Connery's run as the character. Yeah, yeah my my understanding was that they were just making fun of everything at that point, you know, yeah. understandably. Yeah, and this movie also had like Peter Sellers, Ursula, as you said, Ursula Andrews was in it, Orson Welles, Woody Allen. Yeah, and, and they're all playing James Bond, you know, one after another. It, it just seems like a giant mess. And from what I understand from the filmmaking, it was a giant mess. So oh. Kind of, you know, explains it. Yeah, definitely. So the monster wakes up with the worst haircut of any of the monsters until we get, the, <laughs> until we get to Frankenstein and the monster from hell. Um, she stabs him and runs away. Um, then Carl, oh yeah, Frankenstein confronts Carl, they fight. Um, the music through this entire scene is absolutely amazing. Um, yes. what's really sad is that Frankenstein, uh, what he did to Veronica Carlson's character and then kills her is just like, damn it, she doesn't get to get her revenge, like, I spit on your grave I style. Know. <laughs> yeah, yeah that she would be a, cool. She's a shit end, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I think the I meant to bring that up earlier, but yeah, I think the music through this entire movie is actually really good. Um like especially the opening music, I thought like when the opening credits run through, the the music there is really good too. Like this this one just has memorable music. I would say not so much like the last one, but definitely this one. Yeah, I liked it. He, the creature wanders around and tries to visit his wife, but uh, and she finds a note. And he speaks to her from the vanity, but uh, she's not having it with this guy. <laughs> I guess she's rightly terrified. I, that'd be pretty weird. Like if someone who says they're your partner comes, like, and all you can do is hear them, but it doesn't sound like them at all, and they won't show you their face. Like it would be really weird and off-putting. Yeah, it was it was a little strange. I mean, it definitely had some tragedy in there. You know, I haven't seen the other Frankenstein movies, but that's, you know, that's always the basis of, you know, at least the ones I've seen that, you know, you, Frankenstein, the monster is a tragic character because you can't ever control what you make. I mean, you'd think at some point, you know, they'd realize that, but, um, <laughs> you know, that they always have their own kind of uh, ideas of what they should or shouldn't do. And then, um, you know, tragedy and loss and everything. So... I don't know. I understand why she did that. I did think it was fairly tragic, you know, of him talking from behind the, um, behind the, what do you call it, Chris? The, um, uh, not the shade. That, um, that thing that stands up, they try to change behind, whatever. But the point (laughs) is, I I did think it had some good, some good dramatic moments there. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I thought he was a great actor, too. He did a really good job of being very sympathetic. I, like kind of what you were saying he is super tragic um i mean i kind of always like the creatures in all of these films but uh he's he is just so he's just so sad like the way he the way he was talking to his wife just made me real sad i was like oh you wanted to try but you know you're fucked <laughs> yeah i liked it only, a lot if only someone had drilled a hole in your head back at the institution none of this would have happened you know <laughs> <laughs> What happens to the wife? I, 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 maybe I was like writing notes down. Maybe I got a text or a phone call. But what happens to her after he hands her the cognac or wine? She goes to the police. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, All right. yeah. She leaves to go get the cops, which is why he is so confident that uh, when Frankenstein approaches him, that he's gonna be totally fucked. 
Right, that's right. Um, then Frankenstein confronts, uh, sorry, the creature confronts Frankenstein. Frankenstein wants the papers uh, to, you know, to, with, with the, the, the science papers. And uh, the creature starts throwing Malta, what look, I thought was Maltop cocktails, but they're just lanterns because we're in a time period without electricity where everyone has it yet. And then the preacher pulls out a gun. I'm like, whoa, that's different. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> that's kind of like the zombies in George Romero's Land of the Dead using tools because the zombies have oh, now evolved yeah. with intelligence so the creature has right. a gun and i'm like i don't think i've ever seen outside of comic books mind you there is a creature frankenstein monster in the dc universe part of a uh supernatural kind of government organization that uses uh you know uh, weapons and he's super intelligent and everything else um so outside of comic books i don't think i've ever seen a frankenstein creature use like a weapon before besides picking something up to beat someone with right I mean, he seemed to be pretty sane-ish once he got his shit back, which was even more confusing as to why Frankenstein still wanted um, his notes. Because I would say that he did a pretty successful brain transplant. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what does he need him for, anyway? I I don't know. I feel like he did a good job, unless there was something else that i'm missing like that guy he was pretty cognizant he came back and he's like oh shit my wife is sad frankenstein's gonna fuck my life up but i gotta give him this stuff but i'm gonna make it a setup like he was pretty on on the ball that's a good point i hadn't thought about that um and then carl shows up and now in your synopsis you say he was beaten to death but it just looks like he gets knocked unconscious however when when frankenstein's creature decides to pick frankenstein's up and drag him back into the fire to be like you're gonna die because you created me and you're a rapist and a bastard and you deserve to die but you'll live for the next one but played by a different (laughs) actor um carl completely disappears during the credits he is left i I know exactly where he's left so unless you're gonna tell us he rolled away or got up and left the shot he is completely gone. <laughs> I noticed that as well, but then when I was checking the trivia on IMDb, they count that as a goof. They said that that was uh, that that must have been like a different take, and he just didn't like eat it. But they didn't put him back down in his spot. But I don't know. That's a pretty big goof, <laughs> right? Right. Um, that's it. And the movie ends. And literally, we're at like the five minute mark when the Frankenstein creature finally confronts the master. And it, I like that. I paused, looked at the time, and said, "We only got four minutes left." Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, same. That's it. That's all the notes at the very end. Yes. Um, Frankenstein kind of dies again for like the third time in a burning building for like the third time. But you know, it's fine the nuttiest I don't know I just, I don't even know what to make of this movie I mean everything leading up to one particular scene is is okay but it's like it just it just felt like they just dragged out creating the creature forever yeah I like this one better than the uh than Frankenstein created woman I like this one more but there were times when I think this the the pacing dragged a little bit Right, definitely. Uh, we didn't mention this, uh, but there are the there's the three actors in the parlor uh, staying at the um, the inn that Frankenstein's at. There's playing chess guy, smoking pipe guy, reading newspaper guy. That's what they're called. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and how he 
Yes, they got fucked over bad too. Well, one of those actors who is uh, playing chess guy, George Belbin, he gets a promotion. He plays Baron Frankenstein in The Horror of Frankenstein in our next episode. Hey, good for him. Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) That's quite the promotion. (laughs) Right? Um, Yeah, I I can't believe, like, he, uh, Frankenstein made her ditch, uh, made those guys be homeless basically yeah <laughs> it's really it, it, oh, sorry go ahead i was like, yeah I, I noticed that it's like wow that's a pretty cruel thing to do I'm like all right yeah, I guess. It's like, like that's so fucked up bro they're like God, we're like they, they were like dude we've been here for like 10 years we're basically like family at this point and you just gave us you just kicked us out today with no warning we're fucking homeless now and she's like yeah sorry this creepy guy moved in I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty pretty weak. Have either <laughs> of you seen the Netflix series, um, The Frankenstein Diaries? No. Uh, no. I highly, highly recommend it. I swear to God, I hope season three finally lands <laughs> at some point. But there is a season three. It stars Sean Bean as a private investigator in Victoria. Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh. He's a constable in Victorian London, a detective constable in Victorian London, uh, investigating a series of crimes of mutilations of bodies. Mm, cool. And well, that there, sounds great. Here's the thing, though. It does not follow the novel. It is not a sequel to the novel. It's not a prequel to the novel. The novel itself actually exists in the show, as does Mary Shelley. Oh, that's cool. Oh, interesting. And mm. for your counter, Sean Bean does die. Damn it. <laughs> I love um. Sean Bean. He's great. I love him too. He's awesome. But he does come back. So just to keep that in mind. Um, I also love Mary Shelley. So I'm totally into that. She's like, uh, she's goals. She's my life goals. Like I told my, I told my husband this, that if he dies before I do, I'm totally going to pull Mary Shelley and keep his calcified heart. I'm going to do it. Nice. <laughs> All righty then. That. Yeah, she's that. She, she's a total weirdo, and I appreciated her deeply. There's <laughs> a there's a great cartoon. I gotta find it. I, I think it's on my phone, but it might be on my computer. I'll post it and send it to both of you guys. It has Mary Shelley <laughs> holding her dress up, covering her cleavage, with her husband with his arms around her, trying to lean in for a kiss, and her turning away. And it says that Mary Shelley was so goth she lost her virginity on the grave of her mother, and her husband is asking her, "Does this count as a threesome?" And she's like screaming, "No!" <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's a very, like, you know, it's drawn like a political black and white cartoon. It's so damn funny. Yeah, yeah. But I said to myself, now there's a fact I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> She's so goth. She lost her virginity on the grave of her mother. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I feel like that's true. Or at least that they definitely had sex in graveyards. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> To each their own. We're not going to get into that discussion with a guest on the show. So, <laughs> how does this hold up to any of the other Frankenstein movies you've ever seen, Michael? Um, I thought it was super fun. I mean, I've seen like I've seen the Universal ones, um, which you know go downhill in terms of quality, but are generally pretty fun. Um, I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, I'm sure you can hear my dog in the background now. She's deciding to be very, very talkative. Um, I thought it was fun. I mean, it's, you know, kind of meandering and, you know, at, at points very slow, like we talked about, which is not 
you know, unusual for, for these kind of films. Um, but, you know, it had Peter Cushing, who was always amazing. It had some good atmosphere. Um, it had some great moments, like the digging up the body segment. I loved the brain transplant section. I thought that was great. And I also love the fact that at the beginning, he's after, after the guy gets killed, you see him walking around with this head-shaped box, you know, like, like you know, this little oh, case. Oh, my God, I love I was, that. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty clever. So, um, yeah, I thought it was really fun. You know, Jasper really liked it, and that's always, um, you know, always makes things more fun, you know, when, when he does. And he was pointing out some of the stuff that was, you know, didn't make much sense or laughing at some of the things that were, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> so that, you know, he, he got it. He, he saw it in the right way, which was pretty cool. So, that's yeah, awesome. I'd say it's a recommend. It was fun, you know. The writer of the movie had also been the assistant director on the uh, the Bridge of the River Kwai, as well as wow. uh, the Zoo Gang, which is a 1970s TV series I watched in rerun. The uh, couple of the Pink Panther movies, a uh, film called oh. Old Dracula, which I've heard of but never seen, as well as The Dirty Dozen and Enemy Mine, which is uh, relevant today because Louis Gossett Jr. got nominated for an Emmy for his uh, character on Watchmen. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this new episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses. Oh, before we leave, who do we assign our boobs, blood, and badasses to? The boobs, of course, oh, go yes. to Veronica Carlson. Yes. Good and Lord. Absolutely. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Beautiful woman still with us today. Thank, uh, Praise God that she's still with us today. Um, <laughs> and still surviving quarantine. She has a movie in pre-production right now, so good on her. Our badass wow. for the episode, um, who do you think? I feel like the creature he's got a gun he's lighting his house on fire right yeah, yeah. definitely oh yeah yeah he's got that gun and everything again that's just always like what the fuck he's got a gun jamie's got a gun <laughs> all of a sudden and then the blood plenty of it i love the vials of blood and, and things that you don't normally see blood in <laughs> yes it almost looked like wine in certain light you know what i mean yes yeah yeah and then paint and other ones. Jasper said, is that paint, Daddy? I was like, yep. So, <laughs> um, so there we go. Uh, don't forget to check out all the episodes of our previous episodes of the podcast. And don't forget to check out the rest of the great shows on the Dorkening Network. Michael, is there anything that you're working? We didn't get to this, though. Is there, uh, is there anything you want to plug real quick? Anything that you want to promote? Sure. Well, I do have existing things <clears throat> that are, you know, are finishing out there. There's Jasper Tales, which you can find on... Um, on Facebook and Infinite Santa 8000 web series and film are both available on YouTube. The film is available on different places to rent for VOD. It, it comes off and on on different stations for free and, and all that. So just check your local streaming uh, channel. And Drive-In Horror Show is also available, as always. Horror movie I directed and um, made with Greg Anson. And that's it. Tons of other great stuff coming up. As soon as we can get outside mm-hmm. and film again, I'll, I'll fill you in. So. And you can catch us on our individual Twitters at ChrisDSAV. And you can catch me at Ro Lauren, and that's R-O-L-0-R-E-N. If you have any information you'd like to give us about Hammer movies, there was a great timeline sent to us by a fan. But any other information about Hammer movies we may have missed or something you want to talk about when an episode covering up, because we're going to do the Mummy trilogy after Frankenstein's over. Uh, we do have some special guests coming up. I don't want to announce yet because I haven't quite locked them in place. But um, Ro is aware of one of them. I'll share with the other one with you afterwards, <laughs> Michael. But uh, hopefully that guest is going to happen for an upcoming vampire movie, which is a 
favorite of hers. Uh, but you can you can send us an email that radiohorror at gmail.com and we'll be back in a couple weeks with the horror of Frankenstein, a new release from Blue on Blu-ray from Scream Factory, starring David Prowse, aka Darth Vader. Nice. <laughs>